0: Answers abound, but are you asking the right questions? Curated Questions is for those who recognize the beauty of the perfect question. Hey, this is Ken Woodward, and welcome to Curated Questions, a space dedicated to the art of asking better questions. In this episode, I had a conversation with longtime friend Pat Ennis, who is one of my first models for how to effectively use questions. And he doesn't have any problem laughing at me which makes the show that much better. Pat has worked most of his career in financial services with a hiatus as an executive director of a nonprofit before co-founding Ennis Legacy Partners. His company helps business owners plan for exiting their companies. We discuss where he learned to ask questions and how curiosity has helped him to hone his questioning skills. Before the end of the conversation, Pat got a partial answer to his first question to me, about why do a podcast about questions. I kept it in the podcast as an example of how curiosity can steer the conversation. As always, the show notes and links to everything we talk about can be found at curatedquestions.com forward slash podcast. I am grateful for your involvement in the questioning community. Please share this resource with at least one person to ensure the community gets even stronger. And with that, on with the show. I'm with a dear friend of mine, Pat Ennis, who has been in the financial services industry 30 years-ish. And then uh, also had a, a stint in a nonprofit uh-huh. as an executive director there. Six years ago, you started the NS Legacy Partners, which is regarding helping founders or company owners do exit out of their businesses, which we may get a little bit more definition of that for those for those listening a little bit later on. But my primary reason for reaching out to you, my friend, Mm -hmm. is that over the course of our lives together, which has been 20-ish plus years, in my opinion, you have always been really good at questions and you have served myself and my family well in just through small groups, asking questions and being patient with answers. When I consider who would be good people to reach out to that understand questions, you were definitely somebody that I wanted to talk to. So thank you for your willingness to come on to Curated Questions and be a part of this questioning community and and inquiry. When did you understand the power of questions?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. How did you get so interested in questions to begin with?
0: Uh, no, no, no. We can, we can have that part of the discussion afterwards. <laughs>
1: no, 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 no. You can't twist it. I, this is all about you, baby. Come on. <laughs> well, it's interesting to me and um, that the podcast that you've started is focused on questions. And I'm curious as to why that is. I guess you'll tell me at some point. Perhaps. Maybe you will. What was your question again? Right. When did you first understand the power mm-hmm. of questions? In 1980, I started my financial services career in the insurance business. Metropolitan Life is the company I worked for, and I was uh, connected to a lot of older professionals in the business. <laughs> I was just a kid, and they very quickly, you know, taught me the importance of of great questions and how if you're gonna be successful in sales, that's what they were mostly focused on, sales of insurance and serving clients with those kinds of solutions, then you're gonna to have to be great at asking questions because it's all about you know, finding out what the customer or the client actually, what their problems are, what they need, what, what kind of help they need so that you can then present your solution or solutions if you have any. And so that's, was about 20 years old, I guess, when I started in that business. And those those uh, experienced elder statesmen, old guys, if you will, kind of like what I am now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to grow a gray beard to uh, fully take on the role. But okay, all right, all right, I'll give you that. Uh,
1: we're just, you know, they just uh, stress that gotta, you got to know your product or your solution, whatever it is that you're you're selling, but. You get, you have to get to know the client and and the customer and, and what their their problems are or needs are. And the way you're going to do that is get real skilled at questions and not just yes and no questions.
0: <laughs> now, did they run you through any kind of a boot camp or did they just throw you out to the wolves and say, go figure it out? Well, that
1: that's kind of funny mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, when I was in high school, it's a long story. I won't get into it. I decided I wanted to sell life insurance <laughs> Can you believe
0: that? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a big story, but. So was that like underneath, you know, your picture in the yearbook? No, wants to be. No, so like, right. no. What was it underneath my picture
1: in the yearbook was probably something like most likely not to succeed. <laughs> uh, the, our, uh, my dad and my stepmother's insurance guy came out to the house one night and was going kitchen table, you know, going over and I sat right down there and he invited me over to the office in Alexandria for an interview the next day. Well, long story short, they said, okay, cause I was 20 years old and and I had no responsibilities for anything <laughs> and it was a big risk. So they said, look, you study these books and you go sell five policies in 60 days and we'll think about hiring you. <laughs> The answer to your question is they kind of threw me to the walls at the very beginning, but then I did that and they did hire me. And then, yeah, they put me through a whole bunch of corporate training and stuff like that. And that happened uh, wherever I was at from that point forward. Financial services does a great job, uh, generally speaking, of training folks to, in the soft skills, if you will, mm-hmm. of right. of learning how to to uh, ask great questions or good questions and then uh, listen.
0: And with the diversity of things that you've done, although it's mm-hmm. been uh, primarily financial services, has there been any particular transitions or ways that you've had to go or do questions differently based on the diff- whether it's different roles or mm-hmm. different companies? Has, it, has that looked any different or have you been able to just be uh. consistent?
1: Yeah, not really. I th- and maybe I should have had some different approaches, but no, pretty much the same approach no matter what I'm doing. And really, you know what the approach is? It's I'm interested. Like, I'm interested in why you why <laughs> you decided to do this podcast. And uh, I'm just interested in people and their stories and then interested in, in knowing what their pain points are uh, no matter what work I'm doing. And so that if I have a solution or know of a solution or know someone else who has a solution, I can help bring it to bear. And so it's really just, um I got to keep things simple because if I don't, if I'm a simple guy, I got to keep things simple. If I don't, if I have a big strategy, a lot of times it's just not done consistently <laughs> or maybe not at all. Uh, so my strategy is I'm just curious about people and their stories, and I like to just ask them questions. And
0: is between. that curiosity? Was that? Do you remember that as a kid, or did that start with work, or when did that curiosity yeah, about people I and their stories happen? I, I
1: think um, I was completely selfish. In the, I mean, still am, but. It's so self-centered, certainly in high school and into my 20s. I don't know if I was so interested in anybody else other than myself. So somewhere along the lines there, I mean, probably, you know, the professional training that I got early on just, again, um, uh, reinforced the importance of questions. And then I just found that, you know what, it's interesting getting to know people and when I ask questions and actually get interested in somebody, I I find um they have a lot of remarkable stories and
0: and it's enjoyable. Have you found any particular questions that are very useful mm-hmm. in different circumstances? Give me an example. Give me a give me a circumstance in your Current company that you're uh-huh. that you are running. Yeah. You're talking with well, instead of me explaining, why don't you give you know a quick little disclaimer or yeah. disclaimer, okay. explanation ahead. on exit mm-hmm. and then brings everybody else up to speed?
1: Financial services for most of my career, and then as you mentioned earlier, I had an eight-year um, tenure as an executive director as a nonprofit. But then from there I went back to wealth management for four years and I was a partner of a wealth management firm. But along the way, and it really happened mostly, I think, when I was at the nonprofit because I got interested in business owners, uh, more interested because they, they, I got to know some when I was uh, at the nonprofit and the impact that they have, so much impact on so many different people. Uh, they were some of our biggest donors. The biggest donation that we ever got was from a business owner and and others the same, but then they, you know, they provide jobs. They, they, they provide for their family, customers, vendors, suppliers. Their impact is massive. Uh, they drive the economy locally, nationally. Yet, a lot of small business owners are underserved when it comes to professional services. And so, my wife Charlotte, who you know well, uh, my dear wife. For some time encouraged me to hang out a shingle to do management consulting if you will um, helping owners of businesses think about how to lead and manage and grow their businesses for a number of reasons, she was encouraged me to do that. Well, I did that six years ago, left the wealth management firm I was a partner <clears throat> in hung out the shingle. We both had faith for that and We quickly had two. I quickly had two clients and one of the two uh, started to talk about the spouse started to talk about, look, I really don't want to own this business in the future. Do you have a plan for that? Speaking to her husband, in other words, how are you going to leave this business? Eventually our business over the last six years. And I say our business, because I have a part a business partner and we have a couple of associates now. We help owners, if you own a business, we would help you build the business in a way to where it can be sold or transferable because if it, you have a sellable business, then you're going to have many more options for how you exit it. Okay. Uh, but then, too, we'll help you think comprehensively both on the personal side and the business side as to how ready you are, how ready you need to be, to accomplish whatever exit route you wanna go down. Maybe you wanna sell to your uh, key employees. Maybe you wanna sell your business to a third party sooner rather than later, because you're just tired and you wanna get out. Maybe you wanna sell to something called an ESOP or an Employee Stock Ownership Plan, or your kids, you wanna transfer it to kids. Whatever it is, we're agnostic as to, to what route, but in that, helping owners figure out what route they should take, ton of questions. Ton of questions. And here's three examples right away. Uh, Mr. Business owner, Mr. Woodward, when, when do you think you when are you thinking you wanna exit or leave your business? Because you're gonna, you're gonna leave. There aren't a whole lot of absolutes, but that's one. You're gonna leave. <laughs> you're absolutely gonna leave at some point. When you think about that, do you have any thoughts as to when you, and a lot of times, no, they don't They don't have uh, any idea, just sometimes, or you might hear this, in about five years, but then you ask them again next year, in about five years. So that's a question. Another question would be, okay, well, you want to leave in five years. Do you know how much money you're going to need to do everything you want to do next? Uh, some folks still want to, traditional conventional retirement right others not so much anymore uh, retirement is it's you know you hear the term refirement okay. what, what am i going to do next um and so but anyway how much money are you going to need to do all that do you know the answer to that mm, no not really they usually don't or it's back of the envelope and then a third question might be have you thought about who you you're going to want to sell the business to uh, for example, four years ago, we had a conversation with a gentleman who successful business here in Montgomery County, and he he said, "I want to I want to sell, I want to exit the next couple of years." And we said, "Okay, do you have you thought about who you want to sell the business to?" And he said, "Well, I I guess I'll sell it to a third party. I think that's the only thing I can do." And that's where we kicked into a lot of other questions. Gotcha. Okay. Well, why do you think that's the only thing you can do? Hmm. and if you could do something else, what would that be? And we found out that what he really wanted to do was sell the business to children and a key employee, but he just didn't know how to make that happen. So a whole lot of questions ended up in him doing that, what he really wanted to do this past year. Uh, Four years later, he was able to sell the business to that key employee and one of his children. So that's one of the reasons we love doing what we do is um, we have to ask a lot of questions. Every story's unique in some ways, every business owner, there's, there's similar things across, but a lot of differences and and they have different values, different desires, things they want to do. And so you have to be really skilled at questions in order to, to help them get clear on what it is they really want to do.
0: Do you think that there's a hack to asking better questions where it's like, okay, this is what, or is it just, you got to put in the time and, you know, take your lumps of having to ask 30 questions and go the long way around the barn instead of having two or three or being able to kind of know. Oh, you mean for, uh, well, you mean for the work we do? Or just... Or general. in I would say in general, but also using what the work you're doing mm-hmm. as an example. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, just like in any other profession,
1: you know, over time, you continue to get more skilled. The questions and when to ask the questions, how to ask the questions. Are there other questions you need to ask? You know, you just you should be growing in that skill over time in regard to your own profession. And, and we have, and we, we continue to, and we, as long as we're alive, I hope we will continue to. <laughs> uh, in general though, again, you know, the way i thought through it again, I'm sure there's better ways to strategize that or think through it. But for me, it's just um, being interested in whoever I'm, talking to at any given point in time and you know what that's something i i I continue to talk to my young adult children Mm. about right is Mm. that whole concept of being present right yes in this world of electronic gadgets and social media and everything it's so easy oh isn't that phone just seems to have some big massive magnet yes it does and uh, just continuing to help them to just realize the benefits, not just to the person that they're with, but also to themselves, if they're actually engaged with the human being, <laughs> yes, across the table or sitting next to them, rather than pictures and whatever they're looking at on their phone. So what what was the, what was the
0: question? Did I answer it? Yeah, yeah, the question was about, do you think that there's a hack? Do you think that there's a shortcut Uh, to get to... Well, my hack, if if you want to call it
1: that, Mm -hmm. is that idea of just trying to be intentional about being present and then being interested. And then just one thing leads... One question leads to another, it seems like, to me.
0: As I've done a bunch of these year of connection things and just talking with people, it's... To your point, it's that just legitimately be curious and you're not going to be curious on every word that they say, but there's going to be themes and and then you kind of follow these little rabbit trails and you're just amazing stories from folks. To me, it's been a huge blessing that way. And just my curiosity always just expands Mm -hmm. because as the story goes, it's like, well, we could go down all these different directions and learn more and, and hear more about them.
1: Yeah, you're familiar with Peter Drucker? Yes. The father of modern management. One of the quotes, so many from him, one of his quotes was, um, let's see, is it my greatest asset or attribute or something like that as a consultant is to be ignorant and ask a few questions. Hmm. And he was considered, you know, of course, one of the greatest business consultants probably in the history of the United States. And that's basically what he thinks you, you need to be good at is go into a situation as if you you don't think you have all the answers. As a matter of fact, that that's a big part of a big part of what we do is is just drawing out of people the solutions to their problems because oftentimes they know what they know the solutions. It's in them. We just have to ask the right questions to get then say what the solutions are a lot of times and then help them with accountability and 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 help them to implement
0: what well, to your point on yeah. that one of the examples that you use there of the uh, business owner that wanted to sell to mm-hmm. a key employee and and a child so if he came in with that assumption but he had already written it off and it's like okay well why did you write, you know, to your point on maybe that is an option just because you don't know that, that this is a possibility. So in either this business or other businesses, just that idea of finding out what somebody really does want and then say, well, that's maybe not all that far fetched. Yeah. But now let's see how we might be able to get you there.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. It's, it's kind of like, um, well, just testing assumptions, you know, finding out Ken, Woodward, what, what do you really want to do if you own a business? What's your vision for this business in in regard to transitioning out of it and transition? Because someone else is either going to own the business eventually, or uh, it's going to die. And so, finding out what you want that to look like, and then finding out what your assumptions are about it happening. Because oftentimes we just have false assumptions, don't we?
0: Yeah.
1: And and we just need help. Very much so. And we just need someone else to help us even realize what false assumptions we have, and why they're false. Uh, Or or maybe or or just test them. Uh, They might be they might be right uh, or they might be false. Uh, So yeah, a lot of what we do is that is finding out what they want to do and then testing their assumptions.
0: Now you also do coaching as well, right? In, in a capacity. Yeah, there's an element
1: of coaching. Yeah. There's uh, coaching, advice, consulting.
0: Do you use any different techniques or mindsets in these other areas that you are active?
1: The coaching is absolutely a lot of questioning. And when you when you kind of you got the advice hat on or the consulting hat on, you're still, there are a lot of, a lot of questions, but it, it, oftentimes you're giving advice and, and you're helping an owner know, well, they, these are the solutions available to you conceptually. This is what it would take tactically. This is how it needs to be designed and this is how it needs to be implemented. And so, you know, you're not only... Asking questions, but you have to, you have to have some knowledge, <laughs> don't you? If you're going to add value. Yes, I found that to be helpful.
0: Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Did you well, figure like, that out when you were 20, or is that taking a little while yeah, to get no, there? Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah, okay. like the clients yeah. like
1: it when we know some stuff that maybe they don't, <laughs> since they pay
0: us. Yeah. So you've also, as I mentioned at the beginning, had done uh, just kind of counseling through small groups, marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on there? Is saying different? How has that worked?
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's serving in the local church. um, And like you and and your wife, uh, myself and Charlotte, we've been committed to a local church here in Gaithersburg for a long time and committed in a way that looks like service. And our service at times has looked like counseling kind of ministries yeah I learned probably by making a whole lot of different mistakes. <laughs> it's better listen probably eighty to 90 percent of the time, yes, <laughs> to ask questions and listen eighty to ninety percent of the time and maybe talk ten percent of the time, and maybe for me maybe talk five percent of the time. I don't know. <laughs> But just as long as the ratio is is more listening, seeking to understand, right, uh, rather than to be understood. And if you're going to really seek to understand in a counseling situation, you're going to have to uh, listen. And you're going to ask questions and listen. And if you don't do that. And so, you know, early on, I was probably – I had that ratio – Flip-flop, probably. <laughs> or They probably needed more counseling after they got <laughs> got done with me counseling them because the guy wouldn't shut up. Did he ask me one question?
0: <laughs> it's probably like that. Uh, not so much a question, but one of the things I found so helpful is that oftentimes – you would start out any discussion just with the statement of, you know, I'm for you, right?
1: Well, in those counseling, tough counseling times.
0: Oh, wait, wait. Not that I had any of those tougher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean all those times you and I had to. Wait, wait, wait. You don't do that every time? <laughs> no, wait no, no, a second. See, I think that's, that's that would... a great example of where
1: you, you can customize yes. different people. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, and that, and that's a good question I, I wouldn't say that's um something i to cross the board okay no it, it depends on the relationship and 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 i could uh um uh, same kind of situations i was in management at, um, large financial services firm for a number of years and in management you're managing people and 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 at times, you're going to have conversations like that where you got to bring some tough love, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. And boy, it's always helpful if you are able to start those kind of conversations, just asking that or or reaffirming that you know I'm for you. And but don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> if if it's not true to begin yes, with okay and integrity okay for, good i'm integrity's glad you heard all about integrity all well, right so that's, that's good, that's good. too is integrity <laughs> and also even if it's true but you haven't done anything to demonstrate it for mm-hmm. them to to be able to say well yeah i believe that because you've been this been that okay and if if there's no reason for them to say Yes, I know you're for me. Gotcha. It yeah. wouldn't be a good, good thing
0: to bring it up, probably. Gotcha. Maybe it was just because I had to hear it so often, because we were in so many of those tougher discussions of, "Hey, what's going on, Ken?" Over the years, have you had any mentors, if you will, in this in this realm at all, or any other people that, other mm-hmm. than Peter Drucker, uh, in his comment, where mm-hmm. you've been inspired?
1: yeah there have been examples of this <clears throat> throughout my career. People I've worked with are' just you know they excel at the soft skills if you will and and they no matter who they talk to, it seems like they're very effective in connecting and um and often that's because they're they're very good at asking questions and listening and so there's always been examples of that wherever I've been. I think the best examples, though, have been, uh, or or the most examples in regards to number, have probably been in serving in the church and uh, some Bible teachers. Like, you're familiar with the, the group up in Pennsylvania, Christian Counseling Educational Foundation, David Pallison, and all those. David Pallison, in particular, probably, and he, unfortunately, or not so much for him, but. He passed on this mm-hmm. this year. But he was just a gentleman who, oh, my goodness, did he excel in this or, or what? And it, it was, I think, motivated by a number of things, but a couple of things, probably just humility of, I don't want to make any assumptions about you, and and I'm ignorant, kind of like Peter Brock. Jarker said, and so I just want to seek to understand. And and so I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to listen. So to answer your question, yeah, there's always been people I can look to as an example of of this kind of thing. I've been blessed that way.
0: Gotcha. How do you see questions currently being used in the greater world or out Outside, Do you think that they're used enough? Hmm. What, what are your your thoughts there?
1: Well, that's a great question. I don't know if I'm the, the best person to answer that. You're going to have other guests that are probably more equipped uh, to pay more attention. Uh, not that I don't pay attention, but it does seem like the current environment is... Um, and I hesitate to say this because I don't like to make general statements, really. It does seem like there's there's an atmosphere and an environment of where we're more kind of yelling at each other
0: <laughs>
1: than we are.
0: There's plenty of data out there to prove that or to back your Is position up. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I know for the last year or so, you've really been paying attention and, and drilling down into all that. And so you're the one that's going to be better able to answer that question than me. But from my cursory observations, it seems like now we're more poised to to attack or to express our own opinion very quickly, and maybe not so with a whole lot of grace or humility, but um, rather than to seek to understand and not make assumptions. What That's do you true. think about that?
0: To your qu- earlier question, why am I doing this? This is actually part of the reason Uh is that outside of particular professions and the like, I don't think that there's enough questioning or Mm. it's loaded questions. Instead, it's let's develop that humility and that willingness to listen to others. Mm. And there's so much division and kind of baiting others to towards hatred or anything down that path. And I don't like it. And I think one of the solutions is to ask questions and to listen. One of the reasons for this, the kind of one of the big visionary macro kind of goals that I have here is just to foster more questions and listening. So yes, I'm, Hoping to change this, I'm hoping to be a force for good.
1: Yeah, and I think you have been. I mean, I've been watching you on Facebook and all the people you've been connecting with all over all over town and everything. And so, have you found that when you've connected with those folks, that the folks you've connected with, they all look like friendly people. <laughs> uh
0: they're they're not scared off by me that is that much wow. i can tell you which is wow. impressive oh, yeah, right because you're you know? a scary guy yeah yeah, that's, sure. I, yeah i'm the first to admit that you're a scary individual and well, there's been you know there were some questions that i didn't get to take a selfie with and so for folks listening this is regarding my year of connections thing on instagram and facebook and where I've just been meeting people and having conversations that range from 20 minutes to about three hours. There's been some folks that, whether it's security reasons or just other reasons, that they're like, no, I don't want to do the picture. And there's been, I've either found ways around that. And we've taken pictures of our hands together because they've had various reasons to be more anonymous. Then there's there was one woman that I spoke with on a plane that she was... Uh, she worked for a government agency. She's like, oh, no, I can't have anything <laughs> in the public. So I'm like, okay, that will work. No problem. Um, Don't ask me any questions. Yeah, well, and, and this was after an hour and a half long plane ride of lovely conversation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yes, there has been a a filtering that at least people have been open to having a conversation. And at the same time, I've found that people love to engage and it's just not happening all that much and we're very busy in our lives so we don't make time for it mm-hmm. so being able to take advantage of those moments has just been fantastic it literally has changed my life out of the last or so in 2018 was, so? my empathy has skyrocketed my understanding of other people's circumstances and their lived experience has opened up my eyes to so much, it's caused me to go back and reevaluate my country's history in the way that I knew it and understanding slavery better, understanding what happened with indigenous peoples of this country and the impacts of things like redlining my heart has just expanded so much as a result of talking with this lovely cross section of people and i've been intentional i've got so many more conversations to go but i've been intentional about talking with people who have a different view on social issues but it's the reason has been i want to get up close and i want to i want to add a personal face to this group that was out there before. And like I said, it's been life-changing. It's been remarkable.
1: Well, you know, I've always known you as a big-hearted guy, as long as I've known you. Do you think that um, social media and just the... and Yeah, social media and how we're just so into that, is is that impacting our ability to ask questions and, and have conversation?
0: I would say yes, based on the how the algorithms work for social media is to cause us to listen to people that are like us. What I have done is I have gone out and found other accounts that are different than, so specifically Instagram. I've gone out and found accounts of other groups and other people and different people that I might disagree with on different topics, and I follow them because now I get to see, let's take specifically the African-American culture as as an example. I grew up in Prescott, Arizona, Northern Arizona, uh very, very white. And a child of the says so born in seventies so kind of the eighties. My primary influence of African American into my African American culture into my life was the Cosby Show and Cops. Then I went into the military, went into the Navy, and you've got, you know, a a good mix of races within uh, the Navy, but then coming out of the Navy and just getting into the workforce and such. But it was easy for me to just stay very much within kind of the white culture. Although yes, have African-American friends, whatever, but not completely understanding and diving into the culture. And so there's, uh, like one of them is because of them, we can, and this is an Instagram account, uh, And It's an African-American account, and it's telling the good stories of, you know, guys proposing, guys, or not just guys, uh, people proposing, people graduating from college, having kids. And so what I'm having to do is overwrite all of that stuff from the only images of cops that was implanted in my brain and embedded in my brain. And it's like, I have to intentionally go out of my way. To engage and to get this kind of information, it's intentional. Social media, the algorithm doesn't, is not set up to do that. Hmm. The algorithm is set up to say, oh, more people like you in your bubble. Hmm. And so instead, it's hmm. no, I need to go select accounts that is going to provide a positive, a positive data to overdo, or to, to re, like I said, to rewrite. It's in my head. What I've been doing with this year of connection thing has been another example of that. Yeah,
1: so in your year of connection, did you find that asking questions or being asked questions um, communicates care for other people?
0: Very much so. The best examples of that are when I'm sitting across from an African-American man and I ask him, what is it like for you? And he has, not that he has to, he chooses to share with me about the need for budgeting extra time in his commute because he may get pulled over, what it's like for him when he gets pulled over and his wife or girlfriend is sitting in the passenger seat and scared. These conversations don't happen by accident. It takes building trust. And just the willingness to listen. So like I say, yeah, I, I am forever changed because of the conversations that I've had. And
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think you um, you asked me earlier about, is there a hack? I forget exactly how you mm-hmm. said it. And I guess there is for me. I, I hesitate to call it a hack mm-hmm. because it's actually, you know, I'm a faith, faith-based guy. It's um, scripture. God's two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, and then love others as you love yourself. And what I found is that what you just said uh, has been your experience in your year of connection is that, you know, we're all busy every day. If I can keep it, what is, what is loving others uh, uh, as I love myself look like for me on a daily basis? Well, If it doesn't look like anything else, it can look like this. When I'm with someone across the table or in a meeting or whatever, it can look like I'm all there. Mm. And it can look like I'm asking questions because I sincerely care. Or some days, maybe I don't even really sincerely care. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I also believe in the doctrine of sin. (laughs) Uh, But if I... Still do it, it can communicate care so i i any other ways that your your life's been impacted by the year of connection <laughs> that you didn't mention I clearly got emotional there a second ago,
0: yeah when so at the end of two thousand eighteen, reflecting back on eighteen now that are reflecting if, and reflecting back on 2019, some of the greatest moments of my year are in those pictures and, and remembering the conversations and the connections. I went for a long time without really just connecting. And, then, and it doesn't have to be with, and it's it's helped me dramatically to go to spend time with strangers, but the just the intentionality of having these conversations and connecting. The studies continue to roll out regarding you know, addressing loneliness. It's a big thing, especially for guys. So how do we fight that? Well, one of the things you do is you go have conversations, but that means that you need to make the time for it. Schedule time for it. With my year connection, it's been, I have expended resources, time and money. I, I will drive to go have a conversation with somebody that I've met because, okay, we, we need to have a conversation. I'll live up here. I'll drive 30 miles into the city on a day off to go have an hour and a half conversation with somebody that we just happened to connect with in line someplace. And we're like, hey, we need to follow up sometime. So, because there's been an investment, there's been a huge return. It's been staggering on just what just this chance to engage with people. I want this much for others. <laughs> I really really do um, it will it will cure a lot of ills. A friend of mine, Philippa Hughes it does these. Political, cross-political dinners, she's also found that just this connection point and getting folks together to talk, it doesn't solve it. It's the beginning. But at least when you recognize that the person that you disagree with on 60 or 80% of the topics, there's still some commonality. As Brene Brown, it's hard to hate up close. Yeah, and I'm living it, and I want to share that. So there you go. Yeah, I've
1: I've always known you have a big heart and to be intentional relationally. So year of connection, as far as I know. How long have I known you? I don't know, 20
0: years? Yeah, it's been, I guess, 21 years. As far as
1: I know, it's been 20 years of connection for you. Mm -hmm. You've been an example to me in that, because I... If it were up to me, I'd be completely isolated. (laughs) I'm I'm glad that people come to your basement to do the work with you. That's beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So, what are you going to do
0: next? Uh, The year connection keeps going.
1: Oh. Yeah, I see. It is 20 years plus year connection.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I will continue to do this because it. Part of the beauty of it is that it's a forcing function, because if I'm aware that I need to be doing this when times get busy, then I re- and I scroll through some feed. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. It's been two weeks since I posted. That that's not good because I'm missing out. So I need. I, I got to go fix that. So that means that when I'm in the market, I was it uh, getting pizza the other day. And the guy behind me, he was like, struck up a conversation about pizza on, and he was taking out, and I thought that he was actually going to stay. And I'm like, great, I can do, you know, do your connection thing right here. We can eat pizza together. And he was like, oh, no, I actually got to do, get the, get an extra for the kids that are out in the car. And I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, you got your card? So yeah, I gave him a card. We're on LinkedIn and we're going to meet up now. So that's an example of, had so had no idea, but he's already just in the brief two minutes waiting in line for a that's, pizza. That's you know, I mean. we're going to follow up, and, and we'll do a year that's of connection. I've
1: known you to live your life ever since I've known you, bro. Uh, really, <laughs> those kind of things. So if someone's listening, and they they want to start a year of connection, it, maybe they're not real skilled at asking questions Yeah, Do you have, like, three go-to questions that you could – Suggest to someone who wants to start their own year of connection?
0: I, I struggle answering this f- primarily because you're asking me these questions on my podcast and I'm supposed <laughs> to be asking you. So I need, I need to work but through the a, mental gymnastics it, of this. Yeah, so the podcast you're almost is all, cheating. You're podcast cheating. Podcast all about questions, right?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So go ahead. You can answer now. Uh-huh. Thanks, man. There's got to be some commonality, so that the guy that I was in line getting, or that was behind me in pizza, getting pizza, just asked him about if if he regularly comes here to get pizza and if he likes a particular brand. Obviously, he likes the brand enough to be there, but asked him that question, and then he, we just I just kept asking questions and talking to him about. Oh, well, that's cool. What kind of toppings do you like? And then it riffed from there. And so we started. So there's
1: not one go to first question. Like, let's say seven out of 10 times you might ask, (laughs) or five out of 10 times, or whatever, to start up a conversation. Because starting up conversations is not easy for everybody. Uh, My lovely wife, and she won't mind me saying this here publicly because she says it publicly all the time. (laughs) Uh, She used to have a really hard time with this. And and a lady from church a long time ago, Terry Fortier, who you know, used to coach Charlotte up before parties. Because Charlotte didn't want to go to parties Mm -hmm. because she didn't know it. And, And Terry said, okay, Here are the three questions you're going to ask people tonight, and you can't leave until you've asked three people Mm. these three (laughs) questions. Nice. It was something like that, right? So, I mean, is there anything like that for those folks (laughs) out there listening who, you know, for whatever reason, starting a conversation just doesn't come real
0: easy to them? Favorite question that I heard from Cal Fussman on this topic was, Why is your best friend your best friend? So that, that's easy in Mm -hmm. a social setting and you're standing next to somebody and everybody there is uncomfortable. And okay, great. That, that one, that one I, I love because folks literally can answer that. However, but it at least is a starting point to get things going for the others. It's, I try to. Play on whatever whatever we are we happen to be in a in the same place at the same time for a particular reason. With Andrea, uh, who I met at the Elijah Cummings funeral, I asked her how she knew Elijah Cummings, and so using that as an example, so I'm going to pull up. Feed here real quick so I can see some other faces. <clears throat> Tish, I sat down next to at the Thanksgiving meal and asked her what her connection was to everybody else that was in the place. Um, another young lady, uh, let me get her name right, uh, Rebecca. She was standing in the lobby to go home, and she was talking with someone. Uh, Because there was an event going on upstairs and she was talking to her. I walked by and said, the event's going to be great. Look forward to seeing you upstairs. And I I didn't do the sales job, but it was she ended up being upstairs. We signed in next to each other. And I said, hey, why don't you join us over at this table over here with a table of a bunch of people I didn't know. But it was that's how a conversation started. Let's see. A couple young couple that were at a a museum event were sitting talking in a reflection room after you go through the museum and you think on this they were sitting there and i said hey this is a reflection room i'm looking to talk and have some reflection with people to kind of bounce off just the impact of what we've seen here what are your thoughts and that started and an hour, hour and a half conversation with them.
1: I think that's a good example right there. Because it's kind of a theme to every all those examples mm-hmm. you just gave. I think. Okay. Maybe not.
0: Go ahead. What'd you hear?
1: You were paying attention to the context yes. wh- wherever you were. Museum, show, whatever. And you just Tied your first question oftentimes to whatever the context that was. Yes, and it's very. I think that's very, that can be very helpful to somebody because that's a, again these things don't come natural to everyone. Um, simple things. I mean, it's a simple solution, but so I think folks can be very helpful helped with that kind of um, advice coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. Something else. You, yeah, go ahead. There's been plenty of times that I've been scared. Hmm. Because I had done this enough. Yeah. And even at the beginning, very much at the beginning, because I had done it once or twice, and I found so much goodness out of the out of the interaction mm-hmm. and out of that. I was glutton for punishment. I was willing to have my stereotypes challenged and my assumptions challenged by the truth of whoever was sitting across from me. That that was so rich that that, was, that helped me get over some of the fear of doing it again. And having the public accountability was also helpful. You could not, nobody was beating me up But it was, I've made a commitment. I've said that this is what I want to do. So let me go to it. Let me hold myself accountable to others. And like I said, it's been just remarkable.
1: You know what that sounds like? That could be a a podcast all the time, topic. Questions, being fearful and asking questions and why, reasons for that. And that that could probably be a, a very interesting other
0: episode. Gotcha. What do you think?
1: Good idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll bring you back as a host. Then what are you doing to me? You're killing me here, Smalls. Come on, turn the tables on me. ah. ah.
1: All right. You like cigars? I do. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Well, because we got to be wrapping up because i got a couple guys coming over here for cigars in a few minutes. You're more than welcome to stay around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is going to be so – we're either going to tempt or turn off folks on the podcast at this point. But with that said, um, with the idea of transitioning to cigars, but I'm I'm good for that. So, Pat, thank you. Yeah. Thank oh, you for right. being a part of it. Well. Uh, first off, thank you for being a friend. Thank mm-hmm. you for your willingness to laugh at me. I appreciate that. Um, It's always been easy. Yes, yes. Plenty of material. Thank you for your impact in my and my wife's life and my family's life. Uh, Thank you also for just caring for folks the way that you do. As for business-wise, how do folks get in touch with you, want to learn more about the work that you do? Just If you can run through that stuff anyway. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, Yeah, if there's business owners out there interested in Building a business that can be sold or need help thinking through, and there's a lot to think through, let me tell you. And and get started sooner rather than later. It can take a long time to plan your exit. It can take ten years. Okay. They can reach us through our website, NS it's E-N-N-I-S-L-P dot com or email at com, or our phone number is three oh one eight five nine oh eight
0: six oh. Okay. And I'll definitely put links in the show notes and those oh, well terrific. For everything, everything that we that's, talk yeah, about. No, but, yep. Cool.
1: That's wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's fun. It's always fun to talk with you and, and it'll be even more fun to see you smoke a cigar.
0: <laughs> and with that, we're all wrapped up with curated questions. Thank you, folks, for uh, tuning in.